morning. I was telling Rachel I was, I was having a good singing the, um, Sunday. I started to come up here and stand next to Melissa. She told me don't do it. <laughs> As y'all know, you look down front and see that Pastor Dell is not here. He is preaching for Apostle Benny Calloway this morning out in Thomasville. So we pray for him and Pastor um, Apostle Calloway in their service this morning. Um, but he didn't leave us bare, as he normally does. He leaves us with somebody who's going to come and bring forth his word with spirit and in truth, with power and demonstration, with signs following. And he left us today with Pastor Junior Dees. Pastor Junior, come on up and bring the word, sir. Good morning. Amen. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl here today. We bless Apostle Dale today, Father, as he ministers in Thomasville, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for heaven showing up. We thank you for your kingdom coming to this house, your will being done in this very hour. In the name of Jesus, we give you credit, uh, praise, honor, and all the glory in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So glad to be here this morning. Y'all have to adjust me. I get excited on some of this technology, okay? Amen. I come all the way from Adel, Georgia. Most of you know Adel Baby, right? Not far. But uh, it's an honor to be here this morning. And, uh, I, you know, I go way back with Pastor Dale, and he used to teach me in Sunday school. I was 14 years old, and I'd go home. I'd get in the car with my mom and dad. And I say, whatever that man's got on him, I don't know what that is, but I want it. Because I, I was in high school, and I'd go to his Sunday school class, and I'd end up crying. Because I was back then, and you know, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to shed a tear. Big boys don't cry, right? I mean, I'd be wasted. And all it was, it was the anointing upon his life there. And we got hooked up a long time ago. And God places people in your life, key connections, kingdom connection, and He's always been there for me. I was sitting the other day in CCA, the Christian school, and John David had to have a little tutoring in math. He's sick this morning. I believe he's coming down with a helium. He had a fever when we woke up pretty high. But anyway, I was sitting there about 7.30, and I got set there from 7.30 to 8, and uh, I got to see all the children come by, about 240 of them. I want you to know 2000, in the year 2000, Amanda was going through something at the school there, and I didn't understand it. She was a young child. Every time we'd go to leave, I mean, it rocked on and rocked on. She, she hated that place. And it wasn't just normal crying, leave mom and daddy. It rocked on for weeks and months. And I called Pastor Dell one day. And as soon as I called him, he says, I know what it is. He said, the Lord been dealing with me, dealing with my young son with some of that as well. We're going to plan a Christian school. And he called the elders together the next night, and it wasn't long. We had a building out there by 75, the plantation out there, and we birthed a Christian school. I think we had like 30-something children. There's about 240 there this year. And I'm just telling you, we just bought the high school by the grace of God, and I just wanted to honor uh, your pastor, Pastor Dale, for saying yes a long time ago. Amen. So I give him all the honor of that right there. You know, nothing would happen unless someone steps forward and says, says yes. Cornerstone Christian Church, man, it's, it's doing good. The young people, there's about 130-something youth every Wednesday night that comes there. I, get, I honor Pastor Dale for saying yes to that, and Pastor Jill and Justin and Kristen and Austin. I just want to give them honor for the sacrifice that that family has made for so many of us, our lives been forever changed. I have two children because of his ministry. Me and my wife couldn't have children. Either one of us. Either one of us. Y'all can try to you blue in the face. You won't have children. About that time, Pastor Dale was preaching on, the, on faith. And somehow that thing got alive in me. And I went home and created a nursery. 
I didn't care what the doctor said, put Mickey Mouse on the wall. And I'd stand over that baby bed and thank the Lord for the little baby. And all on a Wednesday night, one night, we went to church, just an ordinary night. You don't want to miss church, just out of the ordinary. Just going through the routine, just normal. And about the time we stood up to go home, he said, Laura, can I pray for you? And he called my wife down. He said, I saw a white Cherokee rose wielded. I just seen it fully bloom. And I want you to know that my, my <laughs> we had a baby. She was conceived that night, if that's too much information, okay? Because I had faith in the word, mama. Come on. I don't know if Amanda knows that, but you do now, sweetheart. But, uh, but three, you know, it wasn't no time. Like three weeks later, my wife was pregnant. Amen. All because of his ministry. I've seen a lot of good times that we've all had. We're a little older now. A little more wrinkles. Might be a little bit wider. I'm not wide. I'm just not tall enough. I figured it out finally. But uh, I don't know how many more. But if you have your Bible, let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. I do have a word for you this morning. 1 Kings chapter 19. So enjoyed the worship this morning. Just real. Amen. Powerful. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19 through 21. Might help if the pastor turns to the right page. Here we go. So Elijah went from there, and he found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with a 12 yoke of oxen. How many knows he had it going on? And he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. He said, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye. He said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? Let me know something changed with him. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and he slaughtered him. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and he gave it to the people and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and become his attendant. You know, I don't know if you realize it or not, but most of the time, when you look back over your life, the points that you remember most of the time, some of you women might be better than some of us men, but what I remember is key moments that happened in my life. Anybody with me? I might can't tell you all the details, but I can rem remember those moments I call God moments of when they happened. Anybody with me? Just certain times, a lot I don't know, but a few things I do know, this happened, amen? So I want to talk to you this morning about the power of a moment. I felt like that was my assignment, the power of a moment. How many needs a moment in your life? I want you to look back over your life right now and just think about something or someone that you might have missed out on if you hadn't have said yes when you did, if you hadn't have went this way instead of that way, if you hadn't received that phone call maybe that you took, maybe this connection happened. But I want you to think about the power of a moment. I know with Tracy, she's probably thinking about now that if I hadn't have said yes to Junior, I would have lost out on all these benefits. Right, sweetheart? Yes, amen. Thank you, you're a good wife. You, in your life, you, you must know what time it is. You must know what season you in. When you're standing at the crossroads, you must know which way to take. We know as a church in the earth what time it is. We got to know this because it says in Scripture that Apollos planted. Come on. He says that one planted, one watered, but God gave the increase. I want you to know that we are living in the time that God gave the increase. Not one planted, one has watered, but one, has, well, God has given the increase. That's the time we're living in right now. God has given the increase. One moment. There's a moment in your life, I want you to realize, one moment in your life can change everything about you in a split second, in a day. The tables can turn. Did you not see the man even at the World Series the other night? You know, he's drinking Coca-Cola, okay? He had a Coca-Cola in each hand. 
And when that ball was hit, he, let, he didn't drop his drink and he let him hit him in the chest. Do you know without one moment, they already reached out for him and got commercials lined up because of what he did. He got a fat paycheck. One moment can change your life. Don't drink your Coca-Cola, right? There's two kinds of time I want to mention to you. Chronos and Kairos. Chronos refers to minutes and seconds. It's like a straight line. It's predictable. But the word Kairos is a word used in Ephesians, uh, which means an appointed time, an opportune time, a due season. Anybody feel like you up for a due season? Come on, somebody. A due season. The Bible says, let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap a harvest if you faint not. Do you know what due season means? Due, mean, due means in the Hebrew, there's something rightfully for me. Something, something rightfully held for me. And season is a special time. So it's a time when something's going to be released unto you that God had for you before you ever got here from the foundation of the world. Come on. He said, Jeremiah, I called you to be a prophet from a young age. Even before you was in your mama's womb, I appointed you to be a prophet. God wound you up. I don't know if you know it or not. You got a destiny. You got a purpose on your life. You got a call upon your life. Every boy, man, girl in this building, you are built with a purpose. It's more than to work a job and to buy groceries and come home and lay down and watch TV and get up, go again. You was put here in the earth to glorify your God. Come on, somebody. He wound you up, pointed you in the direction of your destiny, and he set you off. And I know some of you feel like you have blown it missed it, just have blew it so bad. But I want you to, I'll tell you in a minute, you're still in his will. You're still in his will. He still knows how to change the, the, the settings, if you will, uh, on the GPS. And even though you might have took a wrong turn, he still knows how to get you back to your destiny, back to your purpose, and you end up just like he meant for you to before you ever got here. He's a good God. I trust him. Samuel, one I know you know this around this church, but one time Saul went out looking for donkeys and he found his destiny. You remember that. I know it's been preached here. And, um, but you got to understand, this was, a, this was a young man. And he was out there and he runs slop into a prophet named Samuel. And Samuel says, you to eat to me today in a high place. This man's just going about his regular business as a young man looking for his daddy's donkeys. How many know sometimes to get the suddenlies to fall in your life, you just got to do the everyday, everyday things. Just, just take care of the little things. Got to take care of the big things. You just stay in your lane and you do what God called you to do. And honey, he still knows how to look through the crowd and call you by name and call you up front and promote you right in front of your brothers and your sisters. Come on. But here's what he said to him. He said to the cook, I want you to bring the piece of meat that I gave you. The one that I told you to lay aside. So the cook put the piece of meat in front of Saul. And here's what Samuel said. Here has what been, has been kept for you. Eat because it was set aside for you for this occasion. Hey, me knows there's some things that's been reserved for you that they can't nobody get. If it's got your name on it from God, they can't nobody else get it. And if they even try to take it and jockey for a position, come on. They can't keep it no way. It's just a matter of time because God's got your name all on it. So that'll bring me peace. You ain't got to fight for it. You ain't got to fret for it. You just rest in your father and keep walking. I know you got it. I know you think you're going to keep it, but the Lord's going to give it to me because it was mine before we ever got here. It's got JD on it. Come on, somebody. Chronos is when we get the word chronology or chronological. What does that mean? A time of set events that run to a very natural pattern. Chronos is predictable. You know what's going to happen, or you've got a preconceived idea of what you think is going to happen from one moment to the next. Your seconds turns into minutes, and your minutes turns into hours, and hours to days, and days to months, and months to years. It's predictable. Oh, but a kairos. Kairos means it's a time when God suddenly comes in a moment. It's a time when God's time swallows our time. It's a time when God's dimension swallows our dimension. It's when heaven comes down and swallows earth up. 
Anybody ever had a moment like that? Have you ever had the Lord to bless you and you the last one that you even expected to be blessed and the Lord blessed you anyway? An opportune time. Jesus was made manifest when? When the fullness of his moment, the fullness of time came. See, when, God's time, when God got ready to invade man's time, something supernatural happened. See, when Kairos comes to earth, it does not mean, it does not mean that everybody is going to get the miracle. You can be in a Kairos moment and people not even see it. See, Rod Parsley says it like this. He says, expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. Expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. The problem with us is we all get too familiar with each other and we, and we look at each other's issues and we see this and that and we can't even, let, we can't even see past all that. We got to learn to see the good in people. We got to learn to speak to their potential. We got to learn to look for Jesus in the Kairos moment and what he's trying to do in service that day. You got to understand when Jesus came in his Kairos moment, a lot of people rejected Jesus. They rejected Elijah. They rejected Abraham. They rejected uh, most of God's prophets. But for you to get a Kairos moment, the first thing you got to do is you got to realize God's in the house. You got to recognize God is somewhere around here. God's walking by. Jesus is walking by. The second thing you got to do is you got to activate your faith to raise up and seize that moment when your window of opportunity is happening. You got to yell out, that's for me. I see you, Lord. I receive it by faith and just try to walk it out. People will be by you and say, man, it was dead today, wasn't it? No, it might, have not, it might have been dead to you, but it don't mean it was dead for everybody because some people come in here hungry this morning. Somebody come in here expecting this morning, expecting God to move, knowing that anything is possible with our good, good Father. Amen? Anything is possible this morning. I've seen miracles. I've been in miracles. I've seen them. We've, been, we've seen a bunch of stuff. Come on, somebody. You could, you could beat me to death, and I'd never tell you that God wasn't a miracle worker. If I die a sick man, I'll still declare he is a miracle worker. He is still a healer. He's still a deliverer. Come on, somebody. When Jesus came to the people, they couldn't, you know, it was a Kairos moment. But see, they, they didn't accept him. Why? Because they had a preconceived way in their head that God had to do things. You and I sometimes, we get a preconceived thoughts of, about how our life's supposed to go. And if we're not careful, we can miss the greatness of a Kairos moment, an opportune time coming by. We all know that God is with us, but all through scriptures, there are moments when God steps in and takes over and he rearranges everything in our life. He can rearrange everything that you thought you done had figured out for the 5, 10, 15, 20 years. One thing, he can set you on a new course, a new place to carry you into a season of breakthrough. Matthew, Mark, and Luke share chronos time. Matthew tells, you know, so-and-so begat so-and-so. You know, that first chapter of Matthew goes down 42 generations. You read all that, man, you got something. 42. Mark gives us a view about the timeline. Luke gives us a nice little Christmas story. But then John, here comes John. John, John's in Kairos. He's not in Kronos. John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He said, ain't everything that's been made has been made by God. Ain't nothing made it. It didn't happen. He gave credit to God. He said, it's now. And John just came as a, a witness to the light, if you will. John's Kairos, my goodness. He said, there was a man that come. He was the light, and the darkness comprehended it not. And he, John said, well, who are you? He said, I'm not he. That's what you need to know. I'm not the one you're looking for. The one you're looking for is the one that's coming after me. I baptized with water, but he's going to baptize you in the fire of the Holy Ghost. You're going to know him. You're going to see him for who he is. But i got to do what i got to do, and I'm out of here. We just came to see Jesus this morning. Amen. Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and, and stoned those sent to you, how often I've longed to gather you as children, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. But guess what John said? John said, behold, 
the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. John got it. John was out there baptizing, going about his normal day. And this time when he saw his cousin this time, he saw him different than he ever has. Behold the Lamb of God. Everything stopped when he saw him. You got to behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. Let me know this Lamb's too big for your house. You got to share him with somebody. Most of the church today in the earth is in Kronos time, telling sweet little baby Jesus stories in a manger. But they fail to see that he operates in Kairos time. He operates in miracles. Come on, somebody. What is it that connects or causes Kronos time to become Kairos? It's your faith. Now faith is. Say, now faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hope for the evidence of things not seen. Faith is now. If it's not now, it's not faith. Faith is now. Without faith, we know what? It's impossible to please him. But, amen? But all those that diligently seek him shall what? Be rewarded. Are you even aware? I just want to ask you this morning. Are you even aware that one moment, one shift, one suddenly, one divine moment, one kingdom connection, has the power to set you on a course and change your life forever. Just one moment. Man, I've had some moments in my life. See, most of my days are spent like this. Junior moments. 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 God moment. Now, this might represent months or years. Junior moment, junior moment, junior moment, junior moment, junior moment, junior moment, junior moment. God moment. Is that how he works in your life? And when he does a moment in your life, you can run on that for years. One word from the Lord, you can run on decades for that, honey. Amen? But see, that's how most of our life is. We read this book and think something happened every day. Do you understand this book's written by 40 authors over 1,600 years and, over, and represents over thousands of years these miracles that you and I see? you got to understand, I was walking one day. I told you that Dale called Laura down, give us a baby, prophesied it, three weeks later pregnant. I prayed for a job one time because I was... Uh, I was wanting a job that paid more money. My wife worked all the time, and I wanted her to be able to stay home with the baby. And he called, Dale called me down again, and he said, God, I see you stepping from one job to the next. You're going to stay up within 30 days. You're not even going to miss a check, brother. He said, your wife's going to be able to stay home with that baby, raise that baby, and not leave it, says the Lord. And I want you to know it played out just like that. I was standing with my family. We were so poor when we moved from Dalton, Georgia. We moved down here in 1981. My daddy went to work at a little grocery company, and Adel, he didn't make much money, about 300 350 a week. Come on. And, and my mama, if you didn't get down on your knees, you wasn't praying. So my whole family, we got down on our knees often, and we joined hands, whether you want to or not. Get down there, son. Get down. So we would pray, and here's what she'd pray. She'd say, Father, we just pray. Lord, we pray that one day you'll give my husband a job making $500 a week. Just five, man, they thought that was big money, $500 a week. You know, and we kept doing that. One day I had a job at a little grocery store, and I've been there about three months. And I'm standing there with the owner of the store, Mr. William Day. And I'm standing by the meat counter, and my dad had never been in the store. And my daddy come walking in that front door. And he said, Junior, who's that man right there? I said, that's my daddy. Let me introduce you. And you know what he said? He said, the Lord just spoke to me and said, that's the man I've been praying for for years to run my business that I can release it to. And my daddy got $40,000 a year, got health insurance. My mama got hired. And that business went from doing about $13,000 a week to almost $50,000 a week in a little bitty old store. We've had some God moments in my family. I, got, I applied for a job one time because I was tired of the grocery business. And I want you to know I applied at a bread job. I applied, you know, for a, a milk truck. And you, you know what? God gave me a job with both those companies the same week. You can have either one. 
And I said, because the bread is, is dry and light and the milk is heavy and wet, I believe I take the bread route. I believe I get me a honey bun and I believe I go to work. Come on, somebody. I've seen God do the impossible. I've said my whole life's like that. One time I was, you know, on that bread truck, and then I began to pray because I used to get up at 2.30 in the morning, and I had to be at work at 3.30 in Tifton and Valdosta, two different places I'd alternate between. Pastor Dale used to tell me on Sunday night, he said, you can slip out of here if you want to. That's when we started church at 3, and sometimes he'd go to 9, 10 o'clock because prophesying and the power of God showing up. He slipped out there and he said, you can leave if you want to. I know you got to get up at 2.30. I said, I ain't about to leave. I'm afraid I'm going to miss something. Man, let us get excited again. When's the last time you've been excited about coming to God because you was afraid you was going to miss something because the power of God showed up and touched someone and healed someone and saved somebody. I trusted God to get me up at 2.30 and give me strength to run that bread route. And he did it. And that route, I'm telling you, that route was number 23 in the company out of 24 routes. They sent me to Fargo, Georgia in the old truck that kept on making these sounds uh, backfiring, if you, backfiring, if you will, breaking down in Fargo. It wasn't a month that I got a call from a man in Tallahassee, the supervisor, said, there's a route in Adel and Hayhara and Lenox if you want it. It don't pay much, but nobody else wants it. We was union back then. I said, I'll take it. Just get me out of Fargo, Georgia. You know what I'm saying? So you know what? That route turned into number the second route out of 24. Valdosta is the only one that beat me. I couldn't compete with all y'all's food lines and, and Winn-Dixie's. But God's always done miracles in my life. I've always had divine moments. One time my wife dreamed I was on the bread truck. She said she saw me go to a place called Leesburg. Before the Lord, I'd never heard of Leesburg. She said, I saw you make a bunch of money. And she said, uh, she said, and then I saw a line from that town go to another town. You left here and you made a bunch of money over here. And it, it was uh, Douglas. About six months down the road, I changed jobs. Went in the insurance business. Danny Young, Mr. Paul. Mr. Paul said, my God, if, I, if that man comes back after this interview, I give him. He uh, will give him a chance, but I don't think he'll be back. Because Danny and Terry didn't think I could do it. I can't talk now. I sure couldn't talk then. Come on. And I came back. Went out, sold 10 outs my first week. But these, this company had preset appointments for you. I was supposed to be in Albany. Now get this. I ain't even thought no more of my wife's dream. The first day on the job, a man named Lauren Present says, I wasn't able to set you appointments in uh, Albany, but I, I set you in a little town called Leesburg. And I sat there and like, Leesburg? And then it hit me. Where's Leesburg at? Other side of Albany. I want you to know I went there my first week. So 10 policies. Moved $50,000 little transfer. Had to get help to go get it because I didn't know what, what to do. Had to bring Danny back. Just come with me. I need some help. Lady's got some money. We need to invest it, right? What are you saying? I'm just telling you God desires to do moments in your life like that in order to build your faith. To build your faith, to show yourself strong. You got Elijah right here. He's out there plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. And get this, Elijah comes by him and he throws his cloak on him. He lets him just feel what it feels like. To see what he's seeing, just for a moment. You got to understand, when opportunity passes by potential, powerful things can happen. I'll say it again. When opportunity passes by potential, powerful things can happen. All of a sudden, in a moment, an opportunity walked past potential. And all of a sudden, the passion rose above his pain. All your dark seasons, all your dark nights, all the rejection, all the failures, all the setbacks in this moment can wash all that away. Make it all good. The passion rises up in you. It says, this is my moment. you got to recognize your moment. Pull the cord. Get off the bus. Pull the parachute. Jump. Now is your time of opportunity. Can you believe this man plowing with 12 yoke of oxen? 
And he, he burns everything up. You're talking about no plan B. He didn't have a plan B. Elijah, that prophet didn't come. Whatever that was, I'm sold out. I'm going home. I'm telling mom and daddy goodbye, and I'm going to burn my equipment. I'm with you. Man, the prophet's thinking, my God, what did I do to you? He just got a glance of his destiny. He just got to feel his purpose and destiny. Do you know how when Pastor Dale talks, that just, that some people in your life that when they talk, man, your ears perk up. Amen? That's how you know God's planted you in the right place. So they, they just something about him. They just something different. When I talk to him, I come away feeling different. That's because you're in the right place at the right time. Amen? It's going to take faith to jump. Can you imagine Elijah out there with his mom and daddy in the family business? Them in the house looking out the window. Say, look at my boy out there. Look at Elijah. Look at Elisha. Look at him. He's going to be in a family business one day. And Elisha's over thinking, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. I don't think his foreman's going to work for me no more. I hate to disappoint mom and daddy, but I got to go with what I just felt. I know that was God. I know that was my opportune time. I know that was my divine invitation, my kingdom connection, if you will. And I'm fixing to burn everything up here. And I'm fixing to go with him. There is no plan B. That's what he did. I had to leave the mama and the daddy. I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to get your moment, it's going to take faith for what God is about to do in your life. It's going to take faith for you to leave where you are. Abraham at 75 had to leave father, leave your father, leave your country, leave your daddy's household and go to the land I'll show you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a great nation. You're going to be a blessing. 75. Can you imagine? This was his moment. And Abraham, pack up, honey. We leaving. Are you crazy? 75-year-old man, we leaving. The clouds done moved. Cloud by day, fire by night. I'm going with the Lord. Somebody in here, you have some moments. Some of you have been praying for moments. When is my time? When are things going to change for me? Man, you're going to have to have, you have to have eyes to see the moment, to see the opportunity. Then you're going to have to have faith come alive to believe God. This is my time. This is my moment. I'm going to step off. I'm going to believe. I'm going to jump now. I'm going to trust you, God. Don't let Elijah pass you by. You understand that Elijah, was. it says, passing by. You got to understand opportunity will pass you by. It'll just keep on walking. Opportunity's busy. Opportunity's going to keep on walking, looking for someone to take him. Are there any takers in the house today? Come on. When opportunity walks by, are you, are you able to say, yeah, I'll take it? It's going to take faith. Whatever you do, Elisha, don't you stay there with them, them deadbeat oxen. Man, let's leave the family farm. Come on, somebody. God's got something new for you. You got to realize there's a time factor involved with destiny. There's a time factor. When opportunity is walking by, it's a window of opportunity. I wish opportunity would come sit in a chair and say, just let me go get things in order. Let me just go get things right. Let me get some handle my business. Opportunity don't do that. Opportunity says, Now's your time. It's a window of opportunity. You got a small window. Often. Elijah cast his mantle on him. In other words, Elisha was exposed to something that he never felt before. Elijah done tasted of something new to him that he never tasted before. I was doing fine with this. Enjoying this until I was exposed to that. 
Little Debbie cakes are good. Come on. But when I got banana pudding, I done been exposed. <laughs> I'm not happy no more. Anybody with me? He was all right until he got exposed to what God had for him. I want to say this. Your destiny and your moment will always disappoint those who have appointed you to theirs. Your destiny, your moment will always disappoint those who have appointed you to theirs. Mark 10, we hear about a man called Blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus then heard that Jesus was passing by. He then heard that Jesus done healing folks in other lands. Jesus go, comes by, guess what happens? Blind Bartimaeus, he goes to holler, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd, the, the elders in, the leadership begin to tell him, You hush, be quiet, don't raise your voice, leave him alone. The Bible says he began to cry out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. He caused such a commotion that when Jesus got there, Jesus stopped. His faith moved Jesus, and Jesus said, bring him to me. What you want me to do for you? I want you to heal my eyes. And he says, your faith has made you whole. Get this. Jesus healed this man. And then Jesus gives him all the credit. Your faith has made you whole. Not my faith. Your faith has reached out to me. You didn't even get answered the first time that you prayed. You didn't even get your answer. But you kept right on praying, and you kept hollering out to me. And I heard you. He always hears the cry of his children. But see, that was a Kairos moment for this man. It was a Kairos moment. What I don't understand is how this blind man, he can see it's a Kairos moment. But the religious crowd, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they couldn't even see Jesus. They didn't know what time it was. But the lepers could see it. Come on. The prostitutes could see it. The lepers could see it. The blind could see it. The lame could see it. Because it was their moment. You can be in a Kairos moment going on by you and even in a house or in the earth and you and I not even recognize it. You know, when we sense that Jesus is passing by, that's a time that we got to call out. Fast, pray, seek the Lord. We don't want to miss our moment. What God's wanting to do. Amen? Washington don't, you know, Washington, they don't have the answer. I'm going to tell you something. The church is supposed to have the answer. The church is to have the answer. Whatever man, woman, boy, and girl needs is a fresh encounter with the living God. What we need is to be messed up by his presence again. Not programs. We're tired of programs. What we need is presence. We've already tried to build churches and do things our way and get everything just right and all this and that. All we ever needed was Jesus. All we ever needed to do was raise him up and let his presence be known. And if you'll stand up and tell what Jesus did for you, for Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, miracles will begin to shake and to happen all over the house. This thing ain't got to be complicated. Come on, somebody. We just got to give them Jesus. I'm tired of people calling churches. Tell me about your church. Tell me on the church what I can do, what you can do for my family. Lord of mercy, let me get dressed here. Lord of mercy. Don't pull my shirt out. Too much banana pudding in there. But I'm tired of people calling me, telling me, sell me on your church. You know what I want to say to them? We don't have anything to offer you or your family except Jesus the Christ and him alone. Take it or leave it. I promise you that's what, he, that's what they're looking for. It's Jesus. Honey, if I embarrass you, I am so sorry. As long as I don't embarrass myself up here, Lord of mercy. <laughs> I 
Man, y'all done messed me up. You ever heard of the Wright brothers around here? See, they were looking for a moment. Orville and Wilbur Wright run a bicycle shop. But they had the desire in their heart that they wanted to fly because nobody had ever flown. And they took them old bicycle parts and they began to make an aircraft, put an engine on it so they could fly. They lived in Dayton, Ohio. And he knows that when they tried to fly that thing in Dayton, Ohio, it wouldn't work. So what did they do? They decided we want to fly, and if it ain't going to fly here, we're going to fly somewhere. So what did they do? History says they called the Weather Channel. It said they figured, they asked them, they wrote to them. It says, I want you to tell us who has the greatest wind that's consistent most of the time, and it's got a soft place to land if we need to land this thing. It turned out it was Kenny Hawk, North Carolina. So they went up there where them winds were 20, 30 miles an hour off the water. And in 1903, they flew the first plane 120 feet, lasted 12 seconds in the air. And that's where our aircrafts come from. How many know they had a vision? How many knows they had a moment? How many knows their moment wasn't going to happen where they were in that atmosphere? So what did they do? They had to change the atmosphere and go to an atmosphere where things was happening, where things were changing. I'm going to tell you something. you got to get to where God's moving. you got to get to where the praise and the worship's going on. And we believe in God, God something's going to happen. Something ain't going to happen when I pray. Something is happening when I pray. Every time I pray, something's happening. Every time I pray, something's changing. Something's moving. Something's shifting. I don't think he's a God of just yesterday, but he's a God of today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he hadn't changed. We've changed We've got wealthy, we've got rich, and we think we don't need anything. But honey, we're bankrupt. We are broke without Jesus. If we don't have his presence, we don't have anything. His presence is what causes people to rise up out of their junk and their mess. It's the presence of the Jesus. We've got to show them Jesus. Got to show them Jesus. God ain't preached in so long. I got too much junk. For a moment. I remember one time that Samson had a moment. Samson had his eyes put out. But you know, when they all come in making fun of him at the temple, he got the little boy, little servant. He says, take me to the pillars. He put my hand on the pillars. And he said, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus just one more time. Give me strength one more time. Give me just one more moment for me to avenge the Philistines from taking my eyes out. And as he put his, eye, his hands on, on the side, on the post, how many knows it began to shake? And he pushed it down. And he died and more, 3,000 more died there then than in all the other people that he had killed. One moment with the Lord. David's, a pre David's out there killed the lion and the bear didn't even get invited. Come on, somebody. Too young to go fight. And Daddy said, take some cheese down there to, you, to your brothers. I'm talking about divine appointments, divine moments, kingdom connections from God. He went down there just to deliver a little cheese and he heard this giant talking about his God and something rose up in him. He said, just like, and I got to wear my armor. I can't wear nobody else's armor. I just got to be me. And he went out there, and you know the deal. It was a setup the whole time by God. I don't know if you know it or not, but God's like a great puppet master behind the curtain of life, and he's back there pulling the strings so you and I can end up right where he sent for me and you to end up at. He done figured up my, my faults, my failures. He done calculated my rebellion, and he came for me anyway. Jonah was a man that God said, I want you to go preached to Nineveh, and Bible says that he rebelled and he went to Tarshish. But how many knows even out there in Tarshish, even out here, he was in God's will when he was running. Some of you think you're too old. 
you done got too many wrinkles and things have changed and you think God done, uh, done overlooked you and you're like Naomi, you're bitter. But don't you understand that in, your, in Naomi's old age, she caused Naomi's breath when Ruth had a baby with Boaz named Obed. The Bible says that, that Naomi took the baby and nursed the baby. Even a young woman can't nurse a baby unless they had the baby. But an old woman took the baby and nursed the baby. Obed was the father of, of uh, Jesse, and Jesse was the father of David, even in her old age. Jonah went the wrong way. Have you ever just rebelled and told God, I'm not going that way? Have you ever went your own way? Can I tell you that you're still in his will? So you still I believe that. What I'm trying to tell you is your destiny that God has for you is bigger than any of mine and your mess that we get ourselves in. He done saw you and how you was going to act, and he called you anyway. He knew when he called you when you was going to fail and show out and flat blow it, but he called you anyway because he knew how it was going to end up. Prove it to me. When Jonah went over here, and they threw him over that boat. What did the Bible say? A great fish. A great fish. You telling me a great fish that was prepared in advance that just so happened to be by that boat on the very day that they threw him over to swallow up the man of God. Just, I'm going to tell you something. Nothing just happens. Nothing is coincidental. You might have turned left and God said go right, but I got news for you. God's still big enough to get you to where he wants you. You just took the long way around what you did. For long, you'll come back with seaweed over your head. And he'll pick you up on the bank, saying, I said go on to Nineveh now. Come on. Anybody ever took the long way around beside Junior? How long are you going to stumble around this mountain? Finally, you're like, I'm tired. I'm old, I'm hurting, my body's aching, I ain't got time for this. If you'll just tell me, Lord, what you want the first time, we'll go there. I'm going to tell you something. Jonah was still in his will. Still in his will. How do you know that? Because thousands of years later, Jesus said, as it was with Jonah, three days in the earth, so shall it be with three days with a man of God in the grave. He had to go up and he had to go down. He was in the will of God. The Lord can use your mess. I don't care who you are. God's able to pull it all together and connect the dots. I was preaching a while back. I just want you to understand, we're going to have some moments as this thing gets even closer Things are coming to an end. I don't know if you can watch the news or not. We are in a mess, a full-blown mess. But he knows God's, he ain't caught God by surprise. He ain't caught him by surprise. The church in the last days is going to rise, going to be the light on the hill. People are going to run and flock to get here. Why? Because it's going to be that dark out there. You wait and see. It's coming. Anybody see Secretariat? One by 31 links. It ain't even going to be close. I said it ain't even going to be close. Some of you think the devil and God's right here duking it out. Mm -mm. God up here, devil down here under our feet. 31 links. Remember the movie Facing the Giants? When the guy says, I need a 51-yarder, win the game. He said, Coach, I can't do it. Biggest I ever kicked, it was 39 yards. Guess what happened? As he goes out there, he coach had to call a timeout. He said, look, you're thinking you can't make it. I'm telling you, you can make it. I'm telling you, it's in you. I just need you to do the best you can and leave the rest up to God. Man, you just got to do our part. Then God will do his. He went to kick that ball. When did he kick it? That flag was blowing that way. 
And all of a sudden, remember, the, the momentum shifted. The wind changed, and the wind, the flag went this way. And the coach said, kick it now, kick it now, kick it now. Everybody needs the momentum to shift. See, I don't know if you know it or not. I was in, uh, a couple years ago, I was in uh, Union Grove. I was in Church of God preaching. And I, didn't, I preached on something different. Somewhere in there, I shared my story about the baby. Felt prompted to. I did not know the people. Had visitors in the house. At the end of the message, this man and woman walks up. They are both just bawling. So what is it? She wants a baby. And uh, so I told him to put his hand on his wife. And you know what? I didn't feel nothing. I didn't see nothing. But the Lord gave them a baby. They had slipped out of the First Baptist Church and had come down to visit that service by an invitation. Didn't know we was going to be sharing a little story about a baby. And God healed that woman that day. Doesn't seem the baby. I was preaching another time. A mom and daddy done adopted two children. Mom and daddy can't have babies. And I had a little boy, he's probably eight or nine, to holler out, my mama wants a baby. And she'd go like, shut up, shut up. I said, well, come on down. He takes mama by the hand. I'm, and she, down now, here's what she said. I'm coming for him. I'm just coming for him. I'm going to tell you something. That boy's got a sister. That girl's about two years old, and she's doing pageants all over South Georgia. Because on just some ordinary day, when nobody even was looking around or expecting anything to happen, God decided to show up and heal somebody. I was on my way to church one time to Cornerstone. And we've been in service for Feast of Tabernacles. Y'all might know how that. We, we used to do them every night. I don't know how y'all are. We meet every night. First day, second day, third day. Come on, somebody. The eighth day, I'm going to pick up somebody for church, minding my business. And I hear the Lord say, I started crying. I just heard him. I'll give y'all 25000 a day in the offering. I'm just driving. Man, I'm weeping. Boy, that's weird. I ain't even got nothing to do with the offering, Lord. I sit over here on the front row. I, don't even, I, don't even, I open up church. Don't you know I don't do offerings? This day out of the blue, Pastor Dale said, Junior, could you uh, do the offering today? And I'm thinking, oh, God. So I walk up behind the pulpit. Pastor Dale ain't got a clue. And I only advise this. We had church that night as well, but scheduled. But, man, it hit me. I said, the Lord said he's going to do $25,000 today. Dale said, you could have heard a pin drop. He's standing over here. He said, I'm already thinking, oh, God. Since he did that publicly, I'm going to have to rebuke him publicly. Dale don't say nothing else. Just let the service in. We've got to come back. They'd ordered them one of them shofars down there from Jerusalem somewhere. I don't know if you ever tried to blow one of them things. Blow my guts out. It, I can't do it. There's an art to it. But I went down to that church after we ate lunch. I went back down there because that word, that anointing, that left me. As soon as I left the pulpit, the anointing was gone. I thought, my God, you idiot. Why can't you just shut up and take the offering up? <coughs> I walked around that church blowing that shofar the, the best I could by blew a lung. Prophesying and declaring what the Lord was going to do. They come back at night and take the offering. The Lord didn't do 25000 Then me and Dennis and Steve Batts come out of the office making a lap around the church. Went to Pastor Dale that total. The Lord done gave us $30,000 in that one day. I want you to know I took a lap. We all took a lap. Man, that was a moment that the Lord has done. I'm talking about just ordinary people. My name's Junior. Come on, somebody. Just plain Junior, okay? Just June. One more. 
I used to always open service up. It was just the way the Lord trained me. Dale, every time, he'd open up, open up, open up. So I'd turn in the Bible. One night I had something. Wednesday night I had it come alive to me, and it said that uh, the man lame in his feet, 38 years the Lord healed him. And all I know is when I read that, my whole body went to shaking like this violently. It didn't stop. My whole insides for two to three hours was like that. So I go to church. I knew God's going to heal somebody. I'm sitting over there. Pastor Dale gets up. Guess where he turns to in the Bible? Man lame, 38 years. He's standing up there preaching, and I'm over just. By halfway through it, I didn't have all I could take. I went, he looked. June, you got something? I mean, I'm preaching up here. You got something? I do. What you got? You that man. And God heals you tonight. He didn't feel nothing. Didn't see nothing. He said he got up 10 days later. He was in a mess, having to sleep with a cast, Dr. Scott and Tifton and all that. He said he got up, put his leg on the floor about 10 days later. And he says, pain was gone. Completely healed. What I'm trying to tell you is the Lord can show up and you don't even know it or even feel it. And he don't got to ask mine and your permission. But listen to me. People come in these churches all the time that have needs. Sometimes it's us pastors. People need the Lord, man. They need to see Jesus. It ain't just good preaching or good singing. They got to have the presence of the Lord to come. We need the presence. Give us your presence, Lord. Remember when you used to go in your room and just turn on some worship music and tell him how good he was and how great and glorifying? When's the last time you did that? In your presence, there's fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. I'm too busy. I'm a stockbroker by trade, and we do insurance as well. We cover about 35 counties. I run all over South Georgia. Most mornings I'm at my office lately, 3.30, 4 o'clock. Run all day. Don't spend enough time like I should. Just telling you, being honest with you. Trying to pay bills. Trying to do life. Anybody with me? But man, this is our core. We got to help one another. Got to love one another. Man, y'all got an awesome work going on here. Awesome. Lives being changed. You might be in this house today and you might need a miracle. I don't have nothing to give you but Jesus today. The older I get, I'm 52, the older I get, the more I have realized. I might not have all my doctors right. I'm not sure you do. There's a lot of things I don't know and don't understand, but one thing I know, Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ, is the answer to all of my questions, no matter what they are. He's the answer. He's the answer for your marriage. He's the answer for your health. He's the answer for your career, for your sons and your daughters. Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, is the answer. June can't sing a lick. My wife will tell you. She said, you can't sing a tune in a bucket with a lid on it. I get it. But when's the last time you just got real with the Lord? You just sung to him. I thought about him this week in all these moments. I said, Lord, I thank you for those in my life. I begin to call them off. I remember when I asked you for a job, you gave me two. I know when we couldn't have children, you said we could. You gave me houses that I didn't build. 
houses I'd left and really thought they were gone and give them back to me. He's done miracle after miracle in my life. He's so good. I've messed it all up many times. But he ain't never failed me. I buried a wife. I buried her mom and her daddy in 11 months. Been through all kinds of things. Most of it I caused myself. But one thing I can say, he's always been with Junior D's. He's always been with me. He ain't never gave up on me. He ain't never walked out on me. He ain't never yelled at me. He is your biggest fan. He believes in you. No matter what you've done. If you need a miracle this morning. We'll pray with you. They used to be an old, old song. And I don't even know it. All of it. And what's it say? When Jesus passed by. Anybody remember that old song? A cripple starts walking. A blind man can see. A leopard is cleansed. And a captive is set free. A woman is rejoicing. For her son did not die. All these things happen. When Jesus passed by, when Jesus passed by, when Jesus passed by, all things happen when Jesus passed by. You might be here today, and Jesus might be passing by. I'm going to, I, I believe that he is passing by. Come on. He wouldn't have given me this message. A moment, if he hadn't, somebody in here needed a moment, needed a touch, needed a miracle. A cripple starts walking, a blind man can see, a leopard is cleansed, and a captive set free. A woman is rejoicing, for her son did not die. All these things happen. When Jesus passed by, you want to do what I do in the natural? This is what I do in the natural. When Jesus passed by, when Jesus passed by, all these things happen when Jesus passed by. A cripple starts walking, a blind man can see what are you doing I'm stirring up the gift of faith in me I'm, I'm reminding myself of what the Lord has done oh he gave me a job when I didn't have a job he gave me a house when I asked him for one he's been there when I didn't have no money he's brought me money that I didn't even have come on somebody he's healed my body when the doctor said we didn't have no hope I might not have a lot. I might have lost a lot along the way. But one thing I know, I got Jesus. Uh, Jesus is with Junior. The order of God, Jesus is with us, y'all. Jesus is with you this morning. I believe Jesus is passing by today. If you need a miracle in here today, come up and let us anoint you with oil and just pray for you. Begin to sing with me. When a, a cripple starts walking, a blind man can see. A leopard is cleansed, and a captive is set free. A woman is rejoicing, for her son did not die. All these things happen when Jesus passed by. When Jesus passed by. Sing it with your mouth till you get it in your heart. Jesus passed by. All these things happen when Jesus passed by. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Father, I declare you as Jehovah Rapha in this house today. I declare you the God of breakthrough. I declare you the God of more than enough. I declare you the God of hopeless situations. I declare you the God of, of the healer of marriages that are about to go down and lose hope. 
I thank you that you, uh, you are the Savior. You are the healer. You are the deliverer today. I thank you for miracles happening in this place today, Father. I thank you, Lord. You said the spirit of prophecy, Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. When I tell what he did in my life, I'm prophesying he, what he did for me, he'll do for you. Anybody need a moment? Anybody need a God moment? Begin to talk to him out of your heart. Tell him what you need. Tell him what you need. Don't be ashamed of him. We're just real, man. If you want us to pray for you, I'll, we'll pray for you now. Anybody need a miracle in your body? Anybody? You're going to have to have enough faith to walk down here. I'm just going to put Jesus on the spot. He don't mind a bit. He done paid for your healing. Come on. We'll agree with you today. Come on. Amen. Elders, come up here with me. Come on. If you, you come, come on. If that's you, come down. We'll pray for you. Come on. I mean, there's healing in the house. There's deliverance in the house. There's salvation in the house. Have you know God's able? Just get the oil. Yeah, ever how y'all do it. Yeah, that's right. Y'all got a team down here. Come stand down here. Come on, y'all come stand around this woman. Y'all know this lady? This lady healed here the first Feast of Tabernacles from cancer. That's what I'm talking about. That was a moment. That was a God moment. Amen? How many know God did it for her? God will do it for you. Amen? Thank you. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody good? Stand on your feet. Appreciate you putting up with me today. I'm going to read this over you and we'll go. Numbers chapter 6. Y'all raise your hands to heaven. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you.